Hello, and welcome to The Right Side of History, a show dedicated to exploring current events through a historical lens and busting left-wing myths about figures and events of America's past. My name is Jarrett Stepman, a contributor to The Daily Signal. And I'm Fred Lucas, a Daily Signal's White House correspondent. And today we're going to discuss the topic of, well, it's a very broad topic. Was America ever great? And this is something that I think has been coming up Strangely enough, a lot more in the last few years. Of course, uh, President Donald Trump uh, in his kind of campaign slogan was make America great again. And I thought there were some very interesting comments recently from uh, former Attorney General Eric Holder who questioned this idea of American greatness. Uh, He actually said this was actually in in an MSNBC uh, segment. Uh, where he was kind of rebuking the the Make America Great Again supporters. He said, exactly when did you think America was great? It certainly wasn't when people were enslaved. It certainly wasn't when women didn't have the right to vote. It certainly wasn't when the LGBT community was denied the rights to which it was entitled. And this is interesting. I mean, Holder backed off a little bit from these statements uh, recently, but... but I think that's a pretty clear uh, – I think he's pretty clear in saying he, he never thinks America uh, was great to begin with, uh, which I think is a, a very interesting statement for a man who uh, became attorney general. But you know, this is something that's been kind of a long-term trend, Fred. I think we've both kind of witnessed this over the last, I don't know, decade. I mean you've been reporting on, on the White House and you've covered a lot of these issues. You've seen these attacks we saw with Cuomo uh, in the past who got right, himself right. So into trouble. very similar. So something very similar, actually, and remarkably similar. Backtracked somewhat, but which not is, that much. Not I mean, that much. Yeah, I mean, which, which, uh, but, but it is sort of the, the trend of, uh, I think, um, the left wing of the Democratic Party now. And, uh, I mean, you would think this is where I could see this maybe as a debate question for for these twenty one Democrats that are running for president at some point. Was America ever great? Uh, and it, it is something, um, uh, and it shows how things have actually literally changed, I think, since Trump was a candidate for president and he made this his full-fledged campaign slogan. In 2015, 2016, you had a lot of, initially, some of the Republican candidates were pushing back against him saying, well, America is a great country. Right. Uh, Hillary Clinton then said, America is great. Uh, now, Now you have the extreme opposite as as opposed to because really, that that was the issue a lot of people talk up with it is has america stopped being great is that what trump's saying it's yeah i i do think it's very interesting of course the 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 the, the phrase make america great again is actually it's been used before i mean yeah, this is something has, that yes. bill clinton uh, used it in fact uh bill clinton used it it actually goes back to ronald reagan 1980 right. i believe had a campaign slogan let's make america great again yeah, right uh, and, and, which i thought very you know of course very dramatically returned to that in 1984 with its morning again in America, which I think, you know, both this idea that America has lost something mm-hmm. and that we're going to get it back. And then 84, after four years of Reagan, now America has this this kind of rebirth, a new birth of freedom, uh, as, you know, President right. Abraham Lincoln once said, which I, I think is a, a really important thing. And, of course, people can interpret what make America great again actually means. Does it mean that America is not great. Does it mean that our leaders don't think it's great? Uh, you know, what exactly that means? And of course, there's somewhat, you know, I think that's open to interpretation. Um, but the idea that America was never great uh, to begin with, the idea that the United States or America in general 
was never a great country because of this sin or that sin. I think that's where they're going with this, especially uh, Holder. It's certainly rare in the American political debates. We've seen this kind of rise. And Fred, I I mean, look, maybe I'm I'm very biased, but uh, I think that the the evidence as far as American greatness, which of course is a – it's it's an opinionated thing. I mean, what exactly constitutes greatness? What is greatness to begin with? This is something that people feel and they believe – uh, I mean, to me, America has been great since before there was even a United States. I mean, as the first, you know, oh, colonists were coming to America from from England, the the Puritans, the shining city upon a hill, which predated the United States quite a bit. Uh, America was set out to be something special, something very different. And well, that that that's important because it was built on America was built on an ideal. Uh, it's an ideal that's often fell short of, but it was a built on a principle. Uh, many other countries uh, were built on conquest of other territories or simply simply national pride as opposed to, you know, that's where we get into the debate split of nationalism versus patriotism to some degree. But um, America has uh, a set of principles uh, that set forth patriotism, and I, I think that contrasts with a lot of other countries. And in this sense, uh, what Holder was saying, what Cuomo was saying, what others have said— is uh, one you're uh, you're saying that a country that's has had sins um, can never be great, right? That's every country. I mean, America, <laughs> as opposed to what other country? I mean, Britain has had some you know some severe colonialism issues. There's Germany. Let's not even start there. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean. I, uh, that is like, that is a, down, I, I, down the line. France, the French Revolution, followed by Napoleon, followed by, I mean, yeah, many other things. So you, you make a good point there, countries. Fred. I mean, I think as somebody you know as a deeper background in history, not knowing all parts of history, but having a deeper understanding of how the world works, uh, America, that the things that we are attacked as being bad or wrong. Uh, first of all, I think those are outside the norms within our own history, and B, the things that we've done very right are outside the norms of all of history, all of human history. Right. I mean, the idea that we have a country of freedom, I mean, that the that the American people are a sovereign nation, that we determine our, our own future is something that was radical and outside the norm of most of human history. Most of human history is a product of... As Alexander Hamilton even said, you know, accidents, it's, it's a force and fraud. I mean, most nations are not created at this kind of moment of creation by leaders selected by the people. It's usually by a conqueror. It's usually by somebody who has taken over and has done through through force and violence. And obviously the United States in its own creation relied somewhat on force and violence and its separation from Great Britain. But there were deliberate acts in creating a nation that was – appropriate for the American people to create even the concept of liberty and self-government, which is right. something that we as Americans right. take pride in. Yeah, and and it is something that, uh, yeah, if, if, American, if the American experiment had not succeeded, uh, you would not have seen the spread of democracy the way you've seen in the world. America did not invent democracy, but it perfected. Sort of like the automobile. <laughs> right. Uh, no, absolutely. It, it perfected the idea of the concepts, too, of limited government. I mean, yeah. even democracy itself, right. as right, we right, have right. discussed many times on the right. show, can become tyrannical. Right. right and right. in creating this kind of federal constitution, 
uh, that we have, this this kind of ingenious document, which is buttressed by other things as well. It's buttressed by mm-hmm. an American culture that's very receptive to the ideas, the concepts of liberty uh, mm-hmm. from the very beginning. I mean, uh, it wasn't just simply an accident that these ideas sprung forth in the American colonies in 1776. There was a long uh, history and uh, intellectual tradition. Oh, you could say a, a Western uh, intellectual tradition that allowed that to spring forth, and I would say allowed the United States to create something very special and distinct, even from and, countries in Europe and other Western countries right. like Great well, Britain and well, France. I mean, I, you you know the thing about the the 1800 election, which is which Jefferson called, <laughs> and some of the Federalists thought it was a very pompous statement at the time for him to say it, but it was the Second American Revolution, in which uh, was marked sort of the first peaceful transfer of power from one regime to the next regime, yes. uh, the Federalists to the Democratic Republicans or the Jeffersonian Republicans. So yeah. that was something, I mean, that was something very remarkable. And it was a lot of turmoil because you had, of course. Um, as I wrote about in my book, uh, Tainted by Suspicion, but uh, it was, uh, that was an, an election where it dragged on in, co- in the House of Representatives. There was thinking that there might be um, a revolution out of that. Uh Absolutely. There was a lot of fear because of the Federalists thought that they might make some mischief and put Aaron Burr in, in the presidency. And But, yeah, it, you know, things survived. Democracy survived. Or the, a republic, I should say, survived. And, uh, and and America, you know, set an example for the world yeah, in I, that I, election. I, that, that election to me is uh, it's very emblematic of what America was becoming. I mean – Certainly, I mean, the 1800 election, there's a response to the Alien Sedition Acts, which you mm-hmm. could say were a violation of even the First Amendment, the rights of free speech. And But, you know, of course, these concepts were, you know, radical and outside the norm. I mean, what nations had mm-hmm. even the concept of protecting the right of free speech, the right of free elections? I mean, for the most part, when one regime comes in and replaces another through all of human history – that always ended in violence. It never, right. There was never some kind of peaceful transition between parties, from, between separate political worldviews, which makes the 1800 election uh, incredibly special and set the precedent going forward. Besides, of course, the 1860 election, which you know that we was, didn't have, right. uh, which people Not, did resort to bullets right. over ballots. Um, but that was outside the norm of our history. That was the one moment in which critical issues, the most, I think, foundational issues of what this country well, makes this country great – were being challenged at that time. Well, uh, and and it's important to say that getting back to the Holder comments and um, that slavery was against America's ideals. Now, now I mean, people, Holder and some others would argue that America was built on slavery. I mean, physical infrastructure to some degree, that's true. It's not unique to America for one. Uh, and, and that is something that uh, the founders, you know, they debated slavery quite a bit, the Constitutional Convention, and that it's something that they that they came to a compromise on to get the Constitution through, and many hoped that they would, as we've discussed on this show before, uh, there was this hope initially that it would phase out. Uh, compromises happened over time. It reached critical mass, and, and it took a civil war to end it. And but, uh, but that, again, is an American principle that was upheld. It was violated initially. It was upheld. The Alien and Sedition Act, that's something uh, it violated an American, a distinct American principle. Right. Uh, it was corrected. It was it was a law that was done away with. And we've had many things that did go against our values, but the values are there. The, the values and the principles right. are there. They're violated because we're – people are flawed. As, as you write in your great piece about this, Thank people you. are flawed uh, hu- human beings, but – 
Yeah, you, you, we we have the system in place that can correct these. Yeah, and I think that's injustice. What you see from those like Holder who kind of picks out some of our flaws, and I think some of it's misguided attacks on our history, uh, but picks out some of those flaws as being the essence of what we are. And I think that's what this really in a larger debate. It's not just over one policy or that. It's really is America at its core great and good is that are the things that were that built this country ultimately the, the most important things uh you know are things like our constitution the declaration of independence are these things ultimately good and worth furthering even if things change policies change you know we have different leadership different views uh the american country as itself i mean yeah obviously we've made had some transformations in our country's history but is the thing itself uh, great to begin with. And it's very clear that what Holder's saying here is that it wasn't or it wasn't good enough, uh, that there is something else maybe that needs to replace something fundamental to fundamentally transform America requires people like uh, Holder or President Obama that something somehow we're, it's not good enough, this country, that it's it's just too, too flawed, too broken, and that it needs to be just the past needs to simply be washed away for the brave new future. Right. Well, I mean, that's, that's sort of what progressives, the progressive movement wanted. Uh, early progressives, though, I mean, it's maybe worth pointing out, they didn't hate the founding fathers or right. they didn't shun the founding fathers. They just thought, well, their their vision is not update. Uh, now now we, we see people, as you wrote about before, this uh, the University of Wisconsin trying to take down a statue of Abraham Lincoln uh, <laughs> because he was not woke enough. For today's society. Well, unfortunately, in that case, it was historical ignorance, too, which I think is often mixed into these things, saying that one of the students in that case actually said that the reason they need a tear on the statue is because Abraham Lincoln owned slaves, which is, which I mean, not. just, I mean, it's not, it's not true. It's not accurate. And so I, in my opinion, if you're going to tear down a statue, at least know why they put the statue up or at least know something. Do do a Wikipedia search on the person that you're trying which to Which isn't always up. accurate, but yeah. <laughs> which isn't always accurate, but at least you'll have some kind of baseline. Uh, so, and I do, I do, unfortunately, I mean, we do see so much historical ignorance about American history. People kind of don't remember anything that happened before 2016. And I think this is an unfortunate thing because you do get these kind of attacks. And I think to a lot of people, these attacks, oh, America was never great to begin with. They make more sense if you don't know anything about us except for, oh, America had slavery and that was bad and racism exists and that was bad and and these sorts of things. And that gives you a very skewed view of what American history is. And I think, yeah, and context is important. I I think the the opposite extreme would be also be bad if you tried to whitewash everything absolutely out of American history and said we've always been a great freedom loving society right. and and um, you know ignore some of the things that you know even the founders the right. imperfections about the founders um, but with looking at the the grander arc of things hey, Martin Luther King Jr. he um, when he presented uh, the march on Washington. Uh, his speech was he kept one foot in scripture, one foot in the Declaration of Independence, pretty much. Uh, that's, that, that is a strategy that I don't think would be very welcome by modern-day progressives. Not at all. In fact, I think they outright question that philosophy. And I, so, so I did actually – I wrote this piece about Holder's comments, and I actually used uh, – it's kind of rebuke to Holder uh, the words of Frederick Douglass, a – Man who's, I think, one of the, I mean, really handful, one of the greatest Americans. Uh, a man who was born into slavery. Uh, this was a person who he was taught to uh, read, actually, briefly by 
uh, the wife of his slave master, and of course, the slave master tried to stop him from reading. He told his mm. wife, "Ah, oh, this will you know give slaves power." It says it was a lesson that he learned from his former slave master that knowledge is power. And Frederick Douglass, uh, you know, taught, eventually taught how to teach himself to read and mm. finality. But he spoke about what America was. Uh, you know, he was an escaped slave. He actually ran away from slavery, which I mm. think is. T- Obviously, you know, wouldn't you? I mean, that's, you know, one of those things. Uh, but I think he had this great speech, you know, what is what is to the slave is 4th of July. This is in the, the I believe he wrote this the speech in the uh, 1850s. Um, and, and I think it's really dramatic because it's a critique of America, but also appealing to what makes America great. I mean, I think in his speech at his most ferociously, in some ways, you know, you could say against uh, America because there was slavery and all these things. Mm-hmm. I acknowledge that what America was founded on was great. He even said that the founders were great. I, I'll read this quote. I think it's very important. He says, I'm not wanting a respect for the fathers of this republic. The signers of the Declaration of Independence were brave men. They were great men, too. Great enough to give fame to a great age. It does not often happen to a nation to raise at one time such a number of truly great men. And and he continued to say, with them, nothing was settled that was not right. With them, justice, liberty, and humanity were final, not slavery and oppression. You may well cherish their memory of such men. They were great in their day and generation. And I think it's a pretty clear sign that he was saying that America was great from the beginning, that the men who founded this country and women who founded this country were great, and that it wasn't perfect, that there was something uh, in this country that was very much at odds with what those men had created, the idea that slavery could exist and a nation committed to freedom and liberty uh, was not going to be able to sustain itself, that it would be because those things are contradictory that something was going to have to give way, which of course eventually did. Uh, and and uh, I think it's a very important statement because here's a man who has every reason to be bitter and say America is just awful, it's evil, burn the Constitution, do away with it, This I want to be out of this country forever – and he didn't say that. He said, no, America was founded on something truly, truly great. And we have to make sure that it's great for the future and that it's even greater, that it upholds the things that it, that it, it was founded on to begin with. And I think that is a, a large gap between those you know, who say that America was never great and those like Frederick Douglass, who saw maybe the worst of this country mm-hmm. and yet also believed in, in American greatness and said that we should be – forever hold gratitude to those who, like the Union soldiers who who died to ensure that slavery be expunged from this country forever, have forever gratitude to those people as well, which I think is often missing when we have these debates about American history and what we are is that the lack of gratitude. I mean, we all live here in a very, an incredibly prosperous country that people all over the world desperately, desperately want to live in and come to. I mean, this really is it is a shining city upon a hill. We have our problems, but uh, there's no way you can say that America hasn't been a beacon of hope for millions of people, and not just people living here, but people around the globe. Um, and I think that's a really important thing. And it's sad to hear so many lies, I think, from people on the far left who mm-hmm. try to malign us. Right. Yeah. This is, uh, I was, uh, we, well, a lot of us were at CPAC recently, and uh, and uh, I ran into uh, Glenn Beck while. Uh, while he was there, uh, and uh, I asked him a little bit about what's uh, what is different today about uh, progressives the, and the progressive movement from uh, from when it began, and uh, he had some interesting comments about how the mask is off and they uh, don't seem to mind that so much. The most damaging lie that the Declaration of Independence 
is not a foundational current document. By taking that out, the, the Declaration of Independence is our, is our mission statement of what we want to build, and our Constitution is our user's manual. And if you, if you just have the user's manual and you don't know what you're trying to build, it can be anything. Uh, and so they separated that, and then they said, we're going to work on case law. That's just destroyed us. I think we're actually now at the end of the progressive movement. And let me explain. Um, the progressives did their job, and, and they did it well. And their job was to move us step by step closer to the place to where you could have socialism or communism and a flip of the system without revolution. And they've now, they've done that with their masks on, and now the masks are coming off, and they're saying, okay, here's the... Here's the thing. There's, we're, we're, yes, I'm against, I'm, I'm, of course I'm against the free market system. Of course I'm against it because it doesn't work. Now it's in the hands of the, uh, the democratic socialists. And I think we'll know if that succeeds or fails in the next 24 months. So I think this really uh, comes down to this at the end of this, this conversation. Uh, really, when was America great? If it was great. I mean, because now we have that opinion out there that America was never great, that it was bad, founded on bad things, that it was just that the, the root itself is something awful. But, you know, we do have these these competing narratives about when America was great. What makes it great? I think that, uh, Fred, I think you had some interesting insights, certainly because you've covered a lot of these kind of debates and you've covered presidential elections and things like this. But I do think it's an interesting thing. And it's answered in different ways by different people, right, Fred? Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, I uh, And this is something we were talking about before. I, I did a piece some years back. It was or 2011, actually, when I was covering the Obama White House. Um, and uh, the president then, uh, President Obama, uh, gave several speeches over and over again. Uh, and th- th- this is when we had two competing visions about uh, the Paul Ryan budget plan uh, and President Obama presented his competing plan on this. Uh, and uh, Obama said many, many times over that, yeah, yeah, maybe rugged individualism is what one of the things that makes us great, but also Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, and unemployment insurance, those things also make us great. And that he goes on to say America would not be great without these programs. Hmm. And uh, it's something that, that he said uh, during a, a policy speech and then went on to say numerous times over at various Democratic fundraisers and so forth, And uh, which, which was uh, an odd thing. I mean, it was basically our FICA taxes make uh, America <laughs> great oh, uh, and government spending. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, certainly, certainly there's – or, or even even the fact that government uh, in and of itself makes America great. And I, I thought that was uh, – I mean there are certainly certain things that only government can do. Winning World Wars One and Two, uh, you know, putting a man on the moon, killing Osama bin Laden. That th- those are those are all important things. But, uh, but you know, we also have the uh, marketing of the automobile. That's uh, the uh, invention of the airplane. Um, I mean, yeah, there's just – you know, vast number of things. The, the iPhone that we have in America that has just advanced society in, in so many ways. And I think that's those are all things worth mentioning, too. I mean, so much that our free enterprise system has allowed to happen. Yeah, and, and American entrepreneurial culture and right. things like this as well. And I think what's, what's really striking about, and of course, 
you know, President Obama got himself into trouble when asked about American exceptionalism, talked about, well, aren't, you know, is there Turkish exceptionalism? Or isn't, <laughs> doesn't everybody think they're exceptional? And I think his Everybody's statements about how the American government, you know, we could talk about social security things is what make us great. Those are, are things that are, I think, exist in a lot of other countries around the world, right. but don't necessarily make us unique, um, which I think is what this is ultimately about. Right. Well, one problem with it, too, is that social security wasn't around until the 1930s during the New Deal. Right. Uh, Medicare and Medicaid weren't around until 1965, so I don't know. <laughs> There's a lot of American history before that. Was it right. kind of an okay country? And then right. it started getting good after the New Deal and then became great after the Great Society. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure totally what the president meant by And again, that. no civilization through most of history could have met the standard of greatness that they put. I mean, that right. basically – uh, that excludes basically all of human history. There were simply no great people or civilizations or nations or anything of this case, which, again, is is fairly absurd. Of course, you can have an argument about what greatness is, but mm -hmm. if nobody can be great uh, throughout history, uh, I think that the, the, the definition is definitely stretched. And so I think at the end of the day, I mean, I for me, my answer as far as when was America great, and I think it is an interesting question. I, I think what makes America great is no – there's no specific policy. There's no well. I can point to you know uh, education. Or I, there's nothing specific in the policy, especially certainly what Obama said, that have made America great from the beginning. America's great for something. I think a little something extra, and it's something that kind of goes beyond these kind of day-to-day -day politics. I mean, I, I think for me, America was great when you know Columbus sailed across the ocean and, and imagined this, and you know discovered this kind of new world that you know things opened up and changed dramatically in world history i think it was great when the pilgrims arrived on our shores when john Winthrop said that he wished to found a, a shining city upon a hill the, a, a new uh, almost a new civilization where you know things like this would be would be important this would be a different place uh, than the rest of the world and america would have to make itself different than the rest of humanity uh, you know, it was great in 1776 when we forged a new nation, when we declared independence from Great Britain. We had these critical concepts that, you know, all men are created equal, that we have certain inalienable rights, uh, radical doctrines for the time. It was great when we created our Constitution. Uh, it was great when we fought a, an incredible civil war that, you know, cost the lives of, I think some estimates go to three quarters of a million Americans and, and how many of those Americans died so that others may be free. I mean, that's that in itself is greatness. It was great. Obviously, when we when uh, Americans marched up the the beaches of Normandy uh, to liberate a continent, I think it was great at those times. And of course, you know, you talk about the space race and things like this, uh, born of a, a struggle. Uh, it shouldn't right. be forgotten against communism and tyranny, right. the yeah, most right, vicious right. and ruthless kinds of tyranny that the United States stood as at times the only beacon of hope for free people. I mean, in World War II and the long twilight struggle against the Soviet Union, the United States was the only hope uh, for people well, against these vicious powers. That, that's very true. I mean, a, a lot of, I mean, m most of the Western world was very willing to compromise to the Soviets uh, during that period. And when, you know, the United States, ultimately Ronald Reagan, uh, you know, stood firm against the, and, and won, and defeated the, Cold or the, won the Cold War, defeated the Soviet Union. Absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, we look at things and say, what would this world be like without the United States and its unique institutions, its unique beliefs and norms? I, I you know, I even shudder to think of what that world would be like, dominated by Nazi Germany or dominated by the Soviet Union or dominated by old world empires mm -hmm. in which liberty was just uh, a thing of fancy for most people. 
and, and that's really people across the globe. We only have today to look to things like, I mean, even our, I think now our biggest geopolitical rival, China, I mean, they have a lot of economic prosperity, but those people aren't free. I mean, they have a ruthless kind of tyranny, communism, that's beyond just the economic repression, which, you know, in some cases they have an economy that's booming, but people there are not free. They're not free people. They don't control the fate of their own government, and they live under a vicious kind of tyranny where free speech rights, uh, mm-hmm. the right to uh, religious liberty is not respected there. And these are the things, these are the fundamental concepts that make us great, even if we are not the most powerful country in the world. America could be tomorrow not nearly as powerful, but these fundamental concepts are what make us great at the end of the day, uh, I think, Fred. Right, right. Yeah, and, 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 and you wonder, I mean, if America wasn't around, whether— Someone else might have, another country might have stepped in to fill that leadership vacuum. It, I, who knows? But I, what we do know is that it was the United States. And when they gained, this became a world power. And, and I I think we could argue that they became a world power because we had these principles in Absolutely. place. Well, I think that's, I think that is uh, well enough rebuke to, to Eric Holder and those who say <laughs> that America was never great uh, to begin with, which is my opinion, and I think yours, Fred, kind of a, an absurd notion. If we really are looking at history uh, from a critical perspective, uh, at the end of the day, so uh, well, th- well, thanks to everyone for joining us on the right side of history. If you like to listen to past and future broadcasts, you can also check us out on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or the Daily Signal website. Also, take a look at the Daily Signal's Facebook page for where we air our next program. And if you are further interested in our work, check out my Twitter, at Jarrett Stepman, and Fred's Twitter, at FredLucasWH. Thanks again for listening. You've been listening to The Right Side of History, executive produced by Jarrett Stepman and Fred Lucas. Sound designed by Michael Gooden, Lauren Evans, and Thalia Rampersad. For more information, visit heritage.org. What the heck is trickle-down economics? Does the military really need a space force? What is the meaning of American exceptionalism? I'm Michelle Cordero. I'm Tim Descher. And every week on the Heritage Explains podcast, we break down a hot-button policy issue in the news at a 101 level. Through an entertaining mix of personal stories, media clips, music, and interviews, we help you actually understand the issues. So do this. Subscribe to Heritage Explains on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts today.